Well, this morning we are going to uh, recap it. Uh, about uh, Vacation Bible School in a way. But first, I also have a couple of announcements I want you to be aware of. And uh, they do this thing around here. Uh, it has something to do with uh, a body of water. And uh, not sure if you've ever heard of it. It's called Tugfest. Anybody ever heard of a thing called Tugfest? Raise your hand. If you raise your hand, if you've never heard of Tugfest. All right, very good. Okay, good. Hey, at Tugfest, uh, at Tugfest, we're going to have a little uh, uh, display. Maybe you've been down there and you know that on Main Street there, there's the exhibitors that are there. And we're going to have a little, uh, we call it a static display. And so we're going to have our kids club sign down there and our impact sign down there. And then we're going to have some other uh, displays down there for the cruise in that's coming up on the 20th and also for kids club. There's a QR code. And so if you're down at Tugfest and hanging out and uh, you happen to be with your friends and you walk past our display. Uh, this is a great opportunity for you to just say, hey, 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 come on over here. We want you to know about the children's program that takes place at our church called Kids Club. And you can just have them lock in on the QR code and take them right to the website. And uh, they can register right there online and be a part of that. And so we want you to know about that. Uh, the cruise in that's coming up on the 20th. Um, I, t- I keep telling you guys, I keep telling you, this is your opportunity. If you don't have a really cool motorcycle, you don't have an exotic car, the church is having a car show or a cruise in on the 20th here's your chance. Here's your chance, right? And so you can go out and pick one of those up. They're really cheap. They're all, they're all over the place. And so pick something up and bring it and uh, be a part of the cruise in on the 20th. We want you to know about that. Uh, Kids Club is going to get started with a great big party uh, out here in the parking lot with inflatables and all kinds of fun games and things like that on September 21st. want you to know that. And then just as Wayne said, after church today, uh, when we get done here, when I get done here, and uh, you guys are already looking at your watches, uh, when I get done here, uh, there's going to be a potluck down in the gym, and uh, but also one of the things that we need to do is the stage needs to be completely cleared off. Going to ask for your help in that uh, because they're bringing new carpet in here. So there's going to be new carpet down the aisle and around, kind of around the front here and on the stage, and and uh, we're doing that, and that's supposed to be here uh, starting tomorrow. So we're going to need your help with that. Okay, ready? Break. All right, here we go. Are you ready? Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, they recapped it for you just a little while ago. The Bible verse that uh, the kids were focused on all week long, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 18, says, Grasp how wide, how wide, 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 how wide and how long. Some of you guys uh, can throw football. Some of you can throw a baseball. Some of you like to go to the driving range. How long? Nobody can grasp how wide or how long or how high, how high. You know, the, the planet Earth is incredible place. Uh, you know, we're walking around down here, and uh, God created a planet in which we can walk around on this earth and breathe oxygen, and uh, it's there. It's always available for us. But you know what? If you just go a little bit up into the atmosphere, uh, I don't know exactly how far, Bob Gibson could tell you, how far up into the atmosphere, all of a sudden, uh, you have to you have to bring oxygen with you. Now, how is it that there's, there's not a wall, there's not a gate, there's not a, there's not a big, uh, you know, Ziploc bag around the planet, there's nothing like that. Um, but, uh, how you, you just kind of drift away, and then the oxygen is, God created an incredible, incredible planet for us. You know, it's so special that He created for us to exist on it. And so, how, how high, how high can you go without oxygen? You know, uh, how, how far is God's, the, the Bible tells us the, the, the stars are the breadth of His hand, you know? And and there are there are planets 
There are planets that are a million times larger than planet Earth that are out there. There are stars, I should say, that are a million times larger than planet Earth, and, and, they, and they're only one star to the next. It's incredible. It's incredible what God has created. So no one can grasp how wide or how long or how deep, how high or how deep, 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 deep. You know, uh, you ever had a chance to go uh, snorkeling and you're kind of looking down and you say, ooh, that's pretty far down there. No, that's not far at all. You realize that as big as the tallest mountain is on planet Earth, there's valleys in the ocean that are that are that deep. It's an incredible place that we live. But we cannot even begin to comprehend how much Christ's love, how much Christ loves us. It's an incredible place where we live and Christ loves us. So we had lessons every night during vacation Bible school, and Laura taught those. The kids come down here. And uh, uh, last Sunday, uh, Sunday night when vacation Bible school started, Laura brought all the kids in here and started off. And she had this bottle, and inside the bottle there was oil and water, right? And you shake that up, and then you set that down, and then what happens? You all know what happens, right? What was it? It separates, it separates, right? And how does that happen? You know, one of the kids, you know, it's because the oil is more dense than the water. I'm like, science kid, right? And, um, and so they're, they're telling us that these things separate, they separate, right? And then Laura says, hey, can you remember any stories in the Bible in which something uh, kind of separated from another thing? And they kind of scratched their head and they thought about that for a little bit. And they got a little bit of prompting and they came to the conclusion, hey, Moses, Moses. Remember Moses parted the Red Sea and there was this separation. You remember the story of Moses? She she showed a video, tells a story of Moses. The entire nation of Israel is enslaved in Egypt and uh, and they they were slave labor for Pharaoh. Probably the ones that built the pyramids, right? And so they were enslaved for 400 years and they're praying to God. You know, we're your chosen people. Lead us out of here. Help us get out of here. God sends Moses and Moses eventually he's able to lead them out. God sends Plagues on, on the Pharaoh and the nation of Egypt, and a plague after plague after plague, and finally Pharaoh says, "All right, you guys get out of here. I don't want anything to do with you or your God. Get out of here. I want you to go now." And so they leave Egypt and they make their way out into the desert, and they come up to the Red Sea. Right? They can't go any farther because there's a Red Sea there in front of them, and they turn around and look behind them. Pharaoh, Pharaoh realizes, "Uh, uh-uh, I made a big mistake letting my free labor go." I made a mistake. And so he assembles his entire army and he goes after the nation of Israel that's out in the desert. And so they got the sea on one side and they got Pharaoh's army coming after him on the other side and there's no way out. Back is up against the wall. What are they going to do? Right? Do you remember what takes place? God goes over and he says, Moses, go over there and touch the sea. The sea opens up and they go through on dry land. Listen, sometimes we feel that way. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. I feel like all of my enemies are chasing me down over here. It seems like if I go that way, uh, certainly I'm going to drown over there, but my enemies are over here. Life can feel like that sometimes. It can feel like that in relationships. It can feel like that financially. It can feel like that with family. I, I got no place to go. Everywhere I turn, bad things are around. That's why we taught those kids that story. Because we want them to know what the book of Exodus chapter 14 teaches us is that God can provide a way out. If you feel like your back is up against the wall, if you feel like there's nowhere to go, turn to God. God can help you no matter what. If God can create a universe and can create an atmosphere that just sort of magically kind of hangs in because of gravity and, and put, put all that into place, some people say, God couldn't part the sea and go through on dry land. If God can create this planet, he, he's in charge of all of it. 
He can do it, and he can help us in any situation that we might find ourselves in. Write this down. Write this down. There in your bulletin, write this down. There was no way out, and God came through. There was no way out. God came through. No way out. And we wanted the kids to know that. We wanted them to know that last Sunday night. And then they all came back here on Monday night. And then uh, this was a horrible, horrible lesson that Laura taught. Laura did it. It wasn't me. Laura was teaching a horrible, horrible lesson. She sat down here on the edge of the stage. And she ate. the kids came in here and sat down. And she was sitting there munching on a chocolate chip cookie in front of all of them. She's just sitting there eating a chocolate chip cookie. And the kids are coming. Hey, 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 right? Hey. So, nah, I go sit down, you know. And, hey, oh. and so she's sitting there eating a chocolate chip cookie and they're looking at her. And she's going, What do you do you think? She says, Do you think I should share with you? Should I share with you? Like, yeah, yeah, we want you to share with us, right? And so she got out the chocolate chip cookie and she gave the kids a cookie, you know, and, and things like that. And then she says, Hey, can, can you remember a time, can you remember a story in the Bible in which Jesus might have shared with someone? Jesus might have shared with someone. They, they think about that, a little bit of prompting. And then I remember, oh, do you remember Jesus fed 5,000 people? Bible tells us that there were um, 5,000, and, and when, when they put that number in there, you've heard this before, it's probably 5,000 men, they usually didn't count the women and the children, and so there were tens of thousands of people that come around to, to listen to Jesus. She asked this question, why would people go to listen to Jesus? Why would anybody show up to listen to Jesus? What was he doing that anybody would want to hear him anyway? Well, the word got out. Jesus was healing healing people. People were sick, and he would make them well. Uh, Jesus was befriending people. There were people that felt like, I don't have a friend in the world. In fact, the government doesn't like me. I don't know anybody that likes me. I don't have anybody. People are chasing me down, and he was befriending people. There were people that were sick, and nobody wanted to touch, and he would touch them. People was sharing love. Everywhere it went, He was sharing his love, the love of the Father with everybody. And people were attracted to that, and they wanted to be around that. And so Jesus feeds the 5,000 people. And we read about that in the book of Matthew, and they sort of shared that story of Jesus feeding people. Here's the thing. God is a God that when you feel like your back is up against the wall and there's no place else to go, God will show up. And he can help you when you turn and look to him for help. And God is the kind of God that will share that with you. He'll share it with you. He loves you. He is interested in you. And he's concerned about you. Here's the question. What has God done in your life? And what has God shared with you that you are thankful for? What has God shared with you that you are thankful for? And maybe that's something you could write down. That's what Laura had him do. She had a little treasure chest. She opened them up. She gave them all a little gold piece of paper. And she said, write it down. Write down. Isn't that a great thing to teach kids? Be thankful. Think about things that you can appreciate and be glad to have in your life. Isn't that a great thing to teach kids? That's Vacation Bible School. They were teaching them. And then kids came up with these great things that they were thankful for. And one of them said, I am thankful for my imagination. Isn't that a great one? That's just a great kid answer. My imagination. I'm thankful for my imagination. Another one said, I'm thankful for the ability to read. Another one said, I am thankful that I am 
double-jointed, right? And you see double-jointed kids. There's the kids that freak out every other kid in the school, right? They bend their thumb all the way back and put it, you know, and they can put their arm all and kind of twist it around there. And they look like they got in an industrial accident at the end of the thing, right? And say, no, put all that back where it belongs, right? And, and so thankful, thankful, thankful for being double-jointed. And so kids are so creative. Uh, sometimes when we become adults, we get a little more jaded. We got to really think, huh? What am I thankful for? It's a great process to go through. You think about it. Breathe in that oxygen that God puts around here. We can start there. How many of you, how many of you are walking home today, right? How many of you are hitchhiking home today? How many of you are going to go get in a car? And you have a car. Are you thankful? Right? You have a car because you bought a car. You're, you're employed. Are you thankful? These, you know what, when your back is up against the wall and you feel like you got nowhere to go, God is generous and he gives to us and he has provided for us and he wants us to turn to him and say, thank you. Thank you for everything that I have. And then he wants you to have an attitude in which you would share that with other people. An attitude in which you would share that. That's what happened on, on Tuesday night. Tuesday night, the kids came in here and Laura said, hey, I want you to get out a piece of paper and give them a piece of paper. Make a paper airplane. So it kind of went like this. Yep, yep. All right, I'm glad I'm not getting graded on this. And you're a captive audience, so you get to wait. All right, let's see. Like this here. All right, this is this is what she had. All right. Yeah, make that paper airplane go. Oh, I want to make sure that that's uh, correct. And this fascinating. Aren't you glad you came to church today? All right, you better be. Tell somebody you're glad you came to church today. All right, here we go. Fold that one down like that there. This one over here like this here. And then she, she had kids make airplane, made a paper airplane, held up like this. And there we go. And that, nobody claps. Made a paper airplane. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right? Made a paper airplane. And she asked this great question. How do you get to heaven? Can you take an airplane to heaven? That's exactly the answer they gave. You know, and she said, but you just made this cool airplane. Can you take an airplane to heaven? No, you can't take. And what about a train? Can you take a train to heaven? They said, no, you can't, can't take a train to heaven. Nope, can't get to heaven. A train. What about a bus? I drive school bus. And so a school bus can go anywhere, right? Can't take a bus to heaven. How do you, how does one get to heaven? How do you get to heaven? Especially in light of what the Bible tells us. And then she read, she read this verse. Uh, book of Isaiah chapter 59 verse 2. He says, but your, but your iniquities, that's your sins, the things that we do wrong. He says, but your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. And so, um, so if you can't take an airplane or a bus or a train to get to heaven, uh, how does one get to heaven? And we know the answer. The answer is, try harder, right? I mean, you know you can be gooder, right? You can be gooder if you try harder. And, uh, and so you can behave, right? And so you, you gotta work harder at, at behaving and be a good behavior, right? And so you, you, you try harder in everything that you do because that, because we all know that, that good people, you try hard to be good because we all know that good people are the ones that get to go to heaven, right? Good people are the ones that go to heaven. And that the Bible doesn't know what it's talking about when it says that our sin 
has separated us from God. Uh, because if you're really good and you try really hard, then you get to go to... But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible, in fact, teaches us that there are people that think that they are good. But unfortunately, in God's eyes, they are not good. And so, back to the airplane. So, uh, the airplane's got, got a few problems with it here. And so, we're going to kind of peel some of the garbage that's on here, off of here. And it's kind of the way we need to do our life is there's, there's stuff that just kind of garbage that we hang on to and we, we tote that around and we just need to get rid of that stuff because uh, the kids really like this. There's really only, you can't, you can't take an airplane, right? But God, oh yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, right, right. God has provided a way for us to get to heaven, right? He's provided a way for us to get to heaven. It's not through the airplane. It's not through, you cannot be good enough. Here's the reality. Here's what we know. There is no such thing as a perfect human being on planet earth, right? There is, none of us are perfect. But here's the thing. Heaven and God are perfect. So what happens if you have something that is perfect and you take something that is imperfect and you put it into the thing that's perfect? Now it is imperfect, right? And so I will never, I'll never be good enough in order to get into heaven. But God says, here's what I have done for you. And God says, I sent my son to planet earth to walk around. My son is Jesus Christ. And he says, now when he was down there on earth, this is the, here's the contract that he entered into you, with you, the contract that he entered into with you. He said, uh, you put all of your sin on me and I will, I will take him to the cross. He says, uh, you did the crime. I'll do the, I'll do the time. You've done things wrong in your life and we've all done things wrong in our life. It's called sin and it's in our life and it's, and makes us impure in God's eyes. But God sent his son Jesus. He said, I'm going to take up all of the things that you've done wrong and I'm going to put them in me and on me and I'm going to be uh, tortured and Jesus was beaten and Jesus had his beard plucked out and they put a crown of thorns on him. They hit him with whips and they punched him in the face and they nailed him to a cross and he says, I'm going to take all of your garbage and it's going to the cross with me and then I'm going to be dead they put him in the grave and three days later Jesus came up out of the grave and he is alive and he is in heaven right now and so that is the means by which we become good enough God forgives us of our sins in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 it says for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. You say, Jesus, thank you for what you have done for me. And this is not from yourself. It is the gift. It is the gift of God. God says, listen, you feel like your back is up against the wall and you got no place to go. I'm your guy. Uh, you want, I want you to know who I am. I'm a generous God and I will give you love and I will give you help and, and you surrender your life to me. And he provides a way for us to be with God for all of eternity in heaven. The book of Acts chapter two, there were people that came up to Peter when he was preaching a fiery sermon. He says, what do we need to do to be saved? And he tells him, he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness 
of your sins. And you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. He says, that's the way that you enter into a relationship with God as you give your life to Jesus. In the book of John chapter 3, verse 16, you know what it says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son and that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. You give your life to Jesus. So we taught the kids at Vacation Bible School. You feel like things are tough. It's okay. God's with you. God is a generous and giving and loving God. And God wants to forgive you of your sins. And he provides a way for you to be with God and Jesus in heaven forever and ever and ever and ever. Guess what? Salvation is free. Write that down. Salvation is free. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough. You just accept it. God says, here it is. You say, thank you. You enter into the waters of baptism. You give yourself to Christ. Wednesday night was the last night that we did lessons. On Thursday night, we had water games. And here's the thing. The kids all get up here, and they joined arm and arm and arm and arm and arm and arm, and they kind of make a chain. And then they kind of ask the question, how'd you get here? How'd you get here? How'd you get here? And someone said, my parents brought me. My parents brought me. And the other one said, my friends brought me. My friends brought me. We did this thing. We told the kids, you know, we want you to bring a friend. And the next night, there were 12 more kids that were here because they went out and they brought their friends. And said, well, arm in arm and arm in arm, you're here because you were invited. Then told them the story of Jonah. Remember Jonah and the big fish, Jonah and the big fish. And uh, remember there was a guy named Jonah and God says, Jonah, I want you to go uh, to, over to the, the, the city of Nineveh and I want you to uh, tell them about how good God is, right? And he says, oh, I don't want to do that. I'm going to go over there. They're not going to like me. They're going to tease me. They're going to pick on me and it's going to be hard and they're going to make fun of me because they don't believe that the Bible's true and, and I believe that you know God's real and all that because I don't want to go. So he jumps on a boat and he goes to a place called Tarsus. Well, while he's on his way there, remember the story? A big storm comes up and they throw, uh, they throw uh, Jonah overboard because they, uh, he is the reason they discover that the, the big storm comes and then the Bible says a big fish came, came up, came up, came up and, up and swallows up Jonah. And again, you say, well, really? Big fish swallows up Jonah. If God can create a planet that's got invisible oxygen that won't leave, you know, and escape and be, God can do it all. He's God. Big fish swallows him up. He's in there for three days. The fish spits him back up onto the shore. And then Jonah learns his lesson. He says, I need to do what God wants me to do. And he went over to Nineveh and he told all of the people, God is really good and you need to repent. You need to live the way God wants you to live because that's the best way to do life is the way that God created us to do life. And the people they repented and they turned to the Lord. Here's the good news. God gave Jonah a second chance. God wants us, according to the book of Matthew chapter 28, God wants us to invite our friends, God wants us to invite our friends to know God, the God that when your back is up against the wall, he can provide a way out. He's a generous and kind and loving God that has provided a pathway for us to be with him for all of eternity. And he wants us to invite our friends to know him and to be a part of his fellowship that he calls the church. One last question. Parents, why did you bring your kids to Vacation Bible School? Is it because you want them to better know Jesus? Is that why? I hope that's why. Because that's who they learned about while they were here. Parents, if you want your kids to best know Jesus, I want to tell you what you do. You make church a priority. 
you make church a priority. You come to church, you bring your kids, and then you go home afterwards, you have dinner together, and you talk about the things that happen at church. That's what you do. Listen, I don't know where you are in your journey through life and your relationship to Jesus Christ who is in heaven. But if you don't know him and you want to know how you can know him, what it would take to be baptized into Christ, that's a conversation that I would like to have with you. And so you just, you know, uh, you come back here, you find me, say, hey, can, I, can we talk about that, that get to know Jesus thing? I want to know more about that. Uh, you, you shoot the church an email and say, Steve talked about that uh, get to know Jesus thing. Can, can, can I connect with, with Steve on that? We want to, want to talk about that. We want you to be baptized into Christ. You want to know more about the church? We'd love to talk with you about that. If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, we want you to invite your friends to be a part of the church. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for all of the volunteers and all of the kids that were a part of Vacation Bible School. Father, we ask that the uh, the lessons that were learned will be deeply embedded in, into the heart of everyone who heard them, that they will live their lives for you. We ask this in Jesus' name, and amen.